There we go. Well, good morning and welcome. Glad to have you all here with us this morning. Uh, for those of you who are trying to listen on the live audio, I am apologizing. Again, we're still trying to, we're waiting. They were running the lines down by us for um, Fiber Off the other day. And uh, the guy who holds the stop and slow sign was standing in my driveway and my rooster attacked him. So, <laughs> Beast comes just casually walking up and all of a sudden he just bolts towards the guy. And he's got his wings out, his chest popped up. The guy's going, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> so. He did have a sign, didn't he? Yeah, but he didn't use it. He's just looking at the thing like, go away, go. And the two hens are back down a little bit down the driveway just kind of cheering Beast on. And I was like... I should probably break this up. So. <laughs> Noah tells me that Beast is not a rooster. He goes, that's my raptor. So, but uh, very glad. We will be uploading, uh, uploading it later. Um, we're still having the issue with the camera shaking. I've changed the settings and it still, for some reason, starts shaking like we're having a mini earthquake. I don't know what's going on with the camera. We have another camera. We are trying to figure out how we can set it up. It makes a very wide angle. If I have it back at that wall, you see everything up here. So, we're working on it. But we got the camera just shaking it. I'll make everything blurry. Okay. But, uh, we are also going to be up on Anchor on the podcast. Uh, we'll upload it there as well. So those of you who are listening later on who are in Russia, Singapore, Ireland, United States, thank you for listening. Uh, we're grateful to have you as well. You know, we started at uh, the beginning of this month looking at the concept of spiritual warfare. And it's one of those topics that is a little hard for some people, uh, myself included. And it's one of those things a lot of people do shy away from. I had a friend of mine ask me yesterday, he goes, how is your sermon series on spiritual warfare going? I'm like, why? He goes, because I'm preaching on it this Sunday for one sermon, and he goes, it has been a crap week. I was like, sorry? It's, it's what happens when you talk about this, you invite things, you, you, you have problems that can occur. But if you remember, we started, and last week I, I mentioned the passage that we started on, and I said it was 1 Peter 5.12. I apologize, it's actually 1 Peter 5.8. I was off by four verses, I apologize. Um, but it's 1 Peter 5.8 is where we started this entire series, and we were looking at the fact that the, the devil prowls the earth like a roaring lion seeking those he may devour. And if you remember, I compared it to the man-eaters of Sodom. So we're not supposed to give the devil a foothold or a way in. We have to watch what we're doing and be careful because the devil is watching us as well. And he's coming after us. Whether we want to believe it or not, he's coming after us. And then last week, we took a look at Ephesians 6.12. I think that might have been when my, mate, my brain got a little confused. I was mixing passages together, the numbers, and it happens. I apologize again. But we looked at, this is not a physical fight we're in. We sometimes want to believe that it's a physical fight, but it's not. This isn't the kind of normal fight we can do. You see on Facebook, people will post, the devil whispered in my ear, you can't handle the storm, and I whispered back, I am the storm. That's what the devil wants you to do. Keep playing into his hands. The lion is at your door. 
You don't whisper to the devil or say to the devil, I am the storm. You say, Jesus, calm the storm. And you watch him run. Maybe, maybe he, he freaks out like the guy who got attacked by my rooster. I don't know. But I talked about how last week, it's the unseen world and how the devil is going to use your fears. He's going to use these things to get at you. And I can give you a perfect example of this that I heard this morning. You've probably heard in some way of how there's the internet trends, right? Somebody will put something up and then, well, did you know back in 2009, 2010, somebody posted up on a fan site called Creepypasta about a monster called the Rake. Something about 78 feet tall, ganky, tight skin over bones, really creepy teeth, long fingers, skin tight, white skin, hunts people down at night. It was a made-up monster. But here's the kicker. In 2014, people started reporting sightings of it. Encounters with it in the woods. Now maybe it's people just jumping on a bandwagon. But how much do you want to bet that the devil ain't turning around and saying, this is spooking people, this is messing with people? Oh, I'm getting in on this. Slender Man was another one that was created in 2009. In 2012 or so, around there, I don't know the exact date. I apologize, you have to look it up. Two young girls stabbed their friend almost to death so that they could go live with Slender Man in his house. This is something that was created as a joke. The newest one is done by a Canadian horror writer. It's called Siren Head. It's this giant towering thing. Apparently, you run into him, you think his legs are pine trees. He's like 30 feet tall, has these two giant speaker sirens on his head, and people are saying it's a real thing. I'm sorry, but no. Just because you're afraid of something and we don't see it, we don't believe it, doesn't mean the devil ain't going to try to use it. Today I want us to take a look at another part as we investigate this, and it's understanding where is the enemy. See, if you're going to fight any war, you have to know where your enemy is. If you show up on the battlefield, there's no enemy that's got, you know, there's two, two scenarios that you're going to probably run into. One, they have run away in terror and you've won without firing a shot. Or two, you have no home to go back to. So we got to figure out where the enemy is. So turn with me, if you have your Bibles with you, to the book of Luke, chapter 8, verses 26 to 39. Luke, chapter 8, verses 26 to 39. I know this is a bit of a longer one than we've been looking at, but there's a reason for it. Starting in verse 26. Luke 8, starting at 26 to 39. So Luke chapter 8, verses 26 to 39. They sailed to the region of the Gerenus, which is across the lake from Galilee. When Jesus stepped ashore, he was met by a demon-possessed man from the town. For a long time, this man had not worn clothes or lived in a house, but had lived in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell at his feet, shouting at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of God, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, don't torture me. 
For Jesus had commanded the evil spirit to come out of the man. Many times it had seized him, and though he was chained hand and foot, kept under guard, he had broke his chains and had been driven by the demons into the solitary places. Jesus asked him, What is your name? Legion, he replied, because many demons had gone into him. And they begged him repeatedly not to order them to go into the abyss. A large herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside. The demon begged Jesus, let them go into them, and he gave them permission. When the demons came out of the man, they went into the pigs, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and drowned. When those tending the pigs saw what had happened, they ran off and reported this in the town and countryside. And the people went out to see what the Lord or what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they had gone. They had gone sitting at Jesus. Oh, lost my place. Sorry. When they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone out sitting at Jesus' feet, dressed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people how the demon-possessed man had been cured. Then all the people of the region of the Gerenes asked Jesus to leave them because they were overcome with fear. So he got up into the boat and left. The man from whom the demons had gone out begged to go with him, but Jesus sent him away saying, Return home. Tell how, many, how much God has done for you. So the man went away and told all over town how much Jesus had done for him. Now for several Christians, for a lot of us, this is one of the weirdest stories around Jesus. Why would Jesus send a group of demons into a herd of pigs? I mean, that's the thing that trips up a lot of people. Why, why would Jesus do that and then the pigs, knowing the pigs are going to die and they're going to get hurt and isn't that cruel, why would he do that? I mean, he's supposed to go and help the Jewish people, right? Okay, if we're going to look at that angle, he's there to help the Jewish people and he's there to help the people all over. There's a lot of evidence to say that this town isn't a Jewish town. One, there's a herd of pigs. Some people have literally argued, some scholars, some historians have said, well, it's wild pigs. Then why do you have people tending them? I don't know of many wild animals that people tend as a flock, unless you're in the old game reserves of Scotland and Ireland and Britain and parts of Europe. That's not the Well, they were marketing them for the Romans. Jewish people are not allowed to touch a pig. It's kind of a big deal to them. It's not a joke. It's that this is. They wouldn't be having pigs. They wouldn't be keeping pigs. This is a town where Christ is going to somebody who is not of the Jewish faith and revealing who he is. But you see, the pigs are a distraction. We tend to focus on the pigs, and some of you might be thinking, well, Pastor, yeah, you just talked about them. That's why we're thinking about the pigs. But the pigs are a distraction from the actual message of the story. When we look at this passage, there's a truer, deeper message that we need to look at. And it's one that, kind of level with you, many of us believe the opposite of what is said here. 
And I'll explain. See, if you take a look at the message, the real one, starting, take a look at verse 28. Verse 28. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell at his feet, shouting at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, don't torture me. I beg you, don't torture me. See, the demon knows that this is the Son of the Most High God. He addresses him as such. The people in the area, hearing this thing yell out, probably have a good idea now who this guy is. Whether they believe it or not, they're called. It's, it's the way of the world. I can tell you something happened whether you believe it or not, you're called. Again, we talked about last week, we live in this mentality that if I didn't see it, it didn't happen. And it, it, it's, it's the truth about things. If I don't see it, you know, how do I know it happened? That's, that's something that a lot of people have said over time. But go down to verse 31. Verse 31 is very telling. And they begged him, Jesus, repeatedly, not to order them to go into the abyss. They begged him repeatedly, Jesus, don't send us into the abyss. Torture? Abyss? What's going on here? I mean, Jesus doesn't seem like the kind of guy who would torture people. I mean, he walks by and he heals people. He just saved this man from torment and torture, didn't he? In some of the other translations, and some of the other spots where we read this passage, it literally says he cut himself with sharp stones and knives and everything else. So Jesus removing the demons from this man would be removing him from torture, wouldn't it? I think if we look a little deeper, and if we were to take a look at Matthew 8, 29. And I'm reading, this is a, a quote from the EVS. It's another translation, English Standard Version. What have you to do with us, O Son of God? Have you come here to torment us before the time? There is a season for everything, the Bible tells us. There is a season to sow, a season to harvest, a season to reap, to live, to die. So what's the time in the abyss? Well, it's looking at the book of Revelations, chapter 20. Verse 10, and the devil then that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. I'll make it simple. The devil is not in hell yet. Say it again, the devil is not in hell yet. I mean, the very first passage we looked at, the whole line of the understanding of spiritual warfare says, the devil prowls the earth like a hungry lion seeking those he may devour. Now, I'm not, I, I'm not entirely the greatest at comprehending every time somebody writes something, especially when it's translated from a different language. But if you've got the Apostle Peter telling you that the devil is walking around the earth like a hungry lion seeking somebody to devour... I'm willing to put a lot on the line to believe that the devil ain't sitting in hell. I'll make it even under, better to understand. The second passage we looked at says we fight against the dark powers of this world from the spiritual heavenly realm. 
Bible doesn't say that God cast the devil into hell. It says he cast him out of heaven to earth. The devil is not in hell yet. But we got this mindset that he is. You turn on any TV show or movie or anything of the sort, we have an entire TV series called Lucifer, where it talks about the devil came up out of hell and he's walking around on earth. If you ever watch the show Supernatural, they say the devil is the king of hell and he's walking around and he can come and go from hell and he's living in hell and he's got his throne in there. You probably also heard some people say, well, the devil's just down in hell keeping my seat warm for me. I can't wait to go to hell with all the fun people. Hitler's in hell. Do you count him as fun? I'm sorry if somebody listening is offended by... Okay, I'm not actually sorry if somebody listening is offended by that. That's the quality you keep down there. This idea that hit, you watch ghost adventures, they'll go to a spot and they'll say, there's a portal to hell here where demons can rise up. There's a movie called The Order that had Heath Ledger playing a priest, and in the trailer it shows him the hairs blowing back, he's holding up the cross and goes, I order you back to hell. That is what the devil wants. The only way to explain spiritual warfare is to get to the bare bones of the matter. He is not in hell. He wants you to believe he's there. The greatest trick he has ever performed is, I am not a threat. I do not exist. The second one is, I'm sitting in hell and I'm the king of hell. Let me explain something. Once in hell, never. It's like that old song by the Eagles. Welcome to Hotel California. You may check in, but you may never leave. If you believe that the devil is in hell and he can come and go as he pleases, you have just subscribed to him more power than God. God made hell, God made it that he himself, under his own right of discipline, cannot remove you or will remove you. So why do you believe that the devil can come and go as he wishes if God said it's not going to happen? This is part of spiritual warfare. The devil ain't in hell, he's walking around like we are right now. If he was in there, we don't got to worry. We would be standing in glory with God. But for some reason, as a human race, we've come to this strange ideology that that's where he must be. But when we read this passage, not until the appointed time. If he's in hell, he's not a threat. See, we don't know where he is, and I used this as an analogy before. The longest sniper kill shot was 3.45 kilometers. Do you think any of them knew where that guy took the shot from? The devil is, we don't know where he is right now other than he's on earth. When that sniper took the shot, the others around dove into the dirt and laid down because they didn't know where it was. Snipers put on a ghillie suit so you don't see them and you think you are safe. That's not a smart thing to walk through the woods and think you're safe when there's a guy who can pick you off at 3.45 or 3 kilometers. And it's not smart to walk around and believe, well, the devil's in hell, he can't do anything. He comes in. If you believe that the lion is at your door, I've been saying that a lot this series, but the lion is at your door. When we believe these things that the world is continuously telling us, oh, we don't got to worry about the devil, he ain't that bad, or oh, you know, it's, it, it's, it, it's not a big issue, you know, we don't got to worry about that. You can burn a little sage and it'll drive him away, and you, you can, no! That's like the guy who jumped over the, jumped over the, the zoo fence to go pet the lion. Don't do it! 
See, the devil is not in hell yet. There is coming a day when it's going to happen. But we have to understand that that's not going on right now. That has not come to pass right now. Revelation says it's going to happen. Now, I'm a fan of WWE. I used to be a big fan of what was called WWF, but now they've changed it because there was a lawsuit because you had WWF, World Wrestling Federation, and you had World Wildlife Fund, and the two got mad at each other, and there was a lawsuit, and now they became World, or World Wrestling Entertainment. And I remember when I was a kid, and they still do it now, you always have the good guy, bad guy complex. And you have a guy standing in the ring, and he's the bad guy, and he's shooting off his mouth, and he's thinking he's in charge, and he's the boss. And then you hear that music play, and out comes the hero. There's coming a day, and some translations put it this way, where it says, and Jesus will take hold of the devil and throw him into the pit. I honestly keep picturing it in my head. But the devil's standing in the center of that ring, and he's going on like he's in church, and all of a sudden you hear like the theme, you hear the music start up, and it's like Juggernaut by Five Wire with Friends, and you hear, like the trumpet's blowing, and the curtain opens, cloud pulls back, and in comes Jesus, and he's going to take hold of the devil, and he is going to, when you crown somebody on the head, it means you gave him a goose egg, yeah, then he's going to be crowned king of hell. Because I honestly just see Jesus walking in and slamming him down and just throwing him down, putting the worst whooping the devil has ever experienced in his life. Because once he goes down, it's not coming back. Some people might be thinking right now, well, you're, you're kind of cheapening this, Pastor. No, I'm not. I'm being dead serious. We believe right now that the devil, there's a large number of Christians who believe right now that the devil is just coming and going as he wishes. You can order a demon back to hell. They themselves point out right there, there is an appointed time, and it has not come yet. There is a time and a place for everything. Why do we believe we know better than God? He's prowling the earth like a hungry lion, seeking those he may devour. It's not a physical fight. The only hope we got are the weapons and armor God gave us. Prayer. And we got to stop believing that the devil is not where, where we think he is. Where he's not around us. He will come at you with everything he got. He will pull at you. He will tear at you. He's not sitting down there giving orders. He's coming at you with fears, hopes, dreams. Every single thing. Lord of the Rings says, you know, I think a servant of the evil one would appear more foul and act more fair than, or appear more fair and act more foul than appear foul and act more fair. The devil is going to come at you with everything you want. He's also going to come at you. If he can't get you that way, he's going to come at you in fear. He's going to make you afraid so you turn to him. It's not an issue if he's in hell. When we do that, we're just letting him in. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. God, we thank you that when we actually look at the words and we don't get trapped by the pigs, we see flat out that the devil ain't in hell. You've given us fair warning. There's a time, there's a place that is coming when you will return in glory and the devil will be thrown down. God, that time has not yet come. Help us to be vigilant, to know that he is prowling around and he is hunting that he is active, but you got the power.
Help us turn to you. In your name we pray these things. Be with us each and every day of our lives. Amen. I've been told Val has no follow-up. <laughs> so, uh, hope to see you back on next week. Uh, if you are interested in painting any of those rocks or painting a rock, please find one, paint one, hide it somewhere in Barrington, Shelburne, wherever you'd like. Um, welcome to take part. Thank you for being with us today. God bless you.